0: Blue wire
1: The Denver Nuggets select Michael Porter Jr. But I'm gonna make sure that this pick is this organization's best pick they've ever made. Four inside. And it's with a Jokic put it out. Jokic 23. three nice. and
0: Hello and welcome in to a new edition of the Rocky Mountain Hoops Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I am your host, TJ McBride, and today we got into everything that has happened so far this offseason. I say we because the great Kendra Andrews of The Athletic, the Denver Nuggets beat writer, came on to talk about Every player added or retained, every player lost, and the Denver Nuggets roster, now that it is finalized in its entirety, we covered everything we could. And it was quite a lot of stuff, talked about different fits long-term and short-term, what the actual depth chart could look like, or the actual rotation could look like. Um, different ideas in the way that the Nuggets were able to recover from the Jeremy Grant situation, yada, yada, yada. We got into draft picks and everything. It was a great conversation, and Kendra is always awesome. She wrote an awesome story on Seek Naji that is up on The Athletic right now. Um, go follow her on Twitter, at kendra 2 underscores Andrew. She's great, great, great at what she does. So... First, we're going to take our quick break, talk about Indeed, because, man, their hiring ability is fantastic. And then we're going to talk about everything that happened on this roster with Kendra after that you're going to hear about bet online and then we're going to close out this podcast so thank you to indeed thank you to bet online make sure you go subscribe to American Prodigy the Freddie do documentary part of the Blue Wire podcast network and thank you guys for sticking around throughout this crazy crazy offseason so here is our first quick break with a word from indeed and on the other end my conversation with Kendra Welcome back into the Rocky Mountain Hoops Podcast. I am happy to be joined by good friend and friend of the show at this point because you're always on it, Kendra <laughs> Andrews of the Athletic, the Denver Nuggets beat writer for them. Kendra, how are you doing after all of this crazy?
1: <laughs> I'm I'm good. You know I've been catching up on sleep, which cool. I appreciate i really really love sleep (laughs) it's it's funny like after after that break between the end of the off season or the end of last season and the beginning Mm -hmm. of this off season you know you kind of just start really missing things and then they just threw us into this ball of fire with the draft and then the free agency and then training camp and the first game's like four weeks away and i'm like why? why was I complaining about <laughs> having nothing to do?
0: We're what, a week from training camp starting? Like this has happened so fast. And it's funny too, because everybody, agents, NBA teams, reporters, everyone was just like in this lunacy. Nobody had ever been a part of this. I actually had an agent in New York call me at, what was it 5am out denver time because it's 7am new york mm-hmm. because like time zones no longer existed no. to the agent due to the lack of sleep and like didn't realize what was going on <laughs> like that was the level of chaos that had existed people couldn't put two and two together anymore and the nuggets in particular got thrown through all the loops from yes. jeremy grant making what one of the most confusing decisions that I can, comp- let's just start there. Let's start with yeah, Jeremy Grant. It's, there's a lot we're going to get into, but Jeremy Grant has to lead this off because it is literally the starting point of everything that went wrong for the Nuggets.
1: It really, I mean, heading, it, it's just, there's so many confusing aspects of what happened. I mean, even just starting out with the fact that there were, you know, I don't know what you had been hearing from people, TJ, but I know that I had been hearing, you know, mutual interest from Jeremy Mm -hmm. Grant camp, Denver nuggets. There was a mutual interest in getting this done. He wanted to come back. They wanted him to come back. Okay, great. So you kind of wrote that off as a check for I had done that I did the same thing he was
0: penciled in as part of the roster for next year, right
1: and of course there's a little asterisk next to it but it's like okay great Mm -hmm. well we can start planning around him and then it's just for me it's really mind baffling of okay you have two teams the Pistons and the Nuggets give the exact same deal yes and Reportedly, you know, people are saying that the deciding factor was, oh, he would, you know, he wanted the role that was offered to him in Detroit, but that to me is still very confusing because there was a good chance he could have been a starter in Denver.
0: Yeah, I had two people in the Nuggets organization tell me that it came down to their role and he didn't want to be the fourth scoring option on the roster. And in Detroit, it represented a better opportunity, I guess? But again, like we need to frame this as what it is. Detroit has Derrick Rose, who cannot shoot, Tyrese Halliburton, who cannot shoot yet, and then they also have Blake Griffin, who is a very, very random shooter and who knows if he'll be healthy and plays the same position as Mm -hmm. Jeremy Grant. And then they went out and they picked picked up seven guys in free agency that were all bigs and drafted 12 others. So like they don't, I, I, I don't know what role he envisions. Does he think he's Pascal Siakam? Like, is that really what we're looking at? Because like, listen, he could turn into that player. I don't want to discredit Jeremy's ability as a player to do it because he can not in Detroit no He's not becoming that guy in Detroit and this is what's truly baffling i had heard that his agent also pushed for him to stay with denver so this was a specific jeremy grant decision and it's one that i did not see coming and from how you started to get to know him as we all did in the time that he was in denver it seems like you didn't expect this from jeremy either based on the person that we kind of thought he was
1: no i mean his personality was very in, in the ter- and for me it's in the it terms of the nuggets r- exactly in terms of needing to be the guy you know he- he never struck me as a guy who who needed or wanted to be the one, you know, and it's even more surprising because he was the one in Denver when it came to defense, right? Like, yes, he was the fourth scoring option, but when the Nuggets needed someone to lock down LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard. Or Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell, Mitchell, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Literally anyone, he was their guy. So he had a huge role in this team. He was their defensive identity. And that's known, you know, obviously Gary Harris and Torrey Craig were a part of that too, but when it came down to it, it was Jeremy Grant. And now, and I know we'll get to this later on, but I'll just throw this out there. The Nuggets lost two out of the three names I just mentioned of their defense. Yeah. And again, no knock to Gary Harris. He cannot, def- he can defend great guards. You know, he shut down Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell. He played great defense against some of those guards. He cannot stop the bigs, the nuggets have no one now who can stop those bigs. And so it's, it's, it was, yeah, I mean, man, tough, tough, situation and even worse is the next probably
0: best defender on this list is mason plumley who is also (laughs) in detroit like denver's defensive backbone is gone and we don't even know what gary harris is going to be like health wise like we have to have Mm -hmm. that part of the conversation now he is an injury prone player and we cannot depend on his availability to be there for denver so their defensive identity is gone um i do think jamichael green who we're going to get to is going to be a very nice fill-in for him um i think that a very underrated Mm fill-in actually people were so devastated by the grant news that i think we're overlooking how many good things Mm jamichael green does on a basketball court for what denver needs um but when it comes to jeremy it locked up denver from doing anything else they had penciled him in so heavily as the guy and again every indication i heard the same thing that you heard that mike singer heard that harrison wind reported was that there was mutual interest between both sides and that's something that was 100% there until the very last moment and again the fact that the contracts were the same I don't know how the Denver Nuggets can now feel confident they can keep anybody that they didn't draft well I
1: off I think that that is it is a huge indicator of Denver as a market and it, it, it it's you know, there's been so many conversations before about Denver as a free agency destination because it's not on a coast, you know, it's not in California, New York, Miami, wherever. And it's, I mean, wh- whether it had anything to do with it or not, you know, who knows, but it's not a good look to, for them to say they yeah. can't even keep their free agent who they, who is was already on their team, who they offered the same amount of yeah. money with. There's something you know, that wasn't right.
0: I do think it was shrewd by the Nuggets to. I don't know if this was planned from my, from the way that I reported it and the way that I gathered <clears> the information, <throat> it was not planned by the Nuggets, but by the time that it came out that he had taken the same amount of money to go to Detroit, I think that's actually a good thing to be out there publicly because I think it makes it also, it it makes the possibility that this is just an individual decision and it's not representative of the overall opinion of the Denver Nuggets because he didn't go to New York. He didn't go to LA. He didn't go it's to the true. Clippers. He was went to Detroit for some reason like this was a very very peculiar and very unique in that way I think so while I do agree and it was the first thing that hit my mind is if you can't keep Jeremy Grant of all players paying him 20 million dollars a year while you're contending and just went to the Western Conference finals like what hope do you have of keeping anybody but again now that I've kind of like stepped back like this does seem like a very unique circumstance and I think that's encouraging if that is the case but the other side of it that you just painted is also very true. So, man, them not being able to get in the Kelly Oubre talks, them not being able to get in the Robert Covington talks, like, those are the things that you start looking at, and it really hurts.
1: Yeah, and I mean, we've talked about this, too, and you you even just mentioned it before, but they're so tied up in getting that Jeremy Grant done deal before, you know, trying to be involved in those Drew Holiday talks. They had hyper-focused, on these two uh, deals that they wanted mm-hmm. to to get done or be competitive in, and that by the time that those were decided, they had no fielders out for anything else like those, you know, the Kelly Oubre's and and stuff. And so it's, I mean, good good on them for turning it around as quickly as they did and I getting agree. the Jamichael Green deal and retaining Paul Millsap mm-hmm. as quickly as they did. That was really good rebounding. But I mean, if I'm in the Nuggets front office, I can't help but leave free agency feeling quite deflated. Yeah. And 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 you know, we they did they repl- they did a great job of replacing Jeremy Grant, but heading into this offseason, it was all about what's the next piece to add to this group to take them one step further. And instead of taking one step further, they've kind of just remained the same, if not. I mean, I don't. I can't say that they've taken a step back until we see them play and see see how this see.
0: new. Especially in the playoffs, they have taken a step back.
1: But it's like it's it's just so disheartening for them.
0: So let's sum up the Jeremy Grant loss like this: Where does Denver stand in the regular season and the playoffs without him now? In your opinion,
1: playoffs. It's good. It's much bigger deal in the playoffs yeah, I, think. I, agree I mean with even Jer- i mean jeremy grant didn't have a huge role in the regular season he right? didn't Honestly, start books the didn't... games
0: like people have this right. like weird revisionist history of the jeremy Grant. Right. season. if you
1: if you want if you want a picture of how um Jeremy Grant, you know, contributed in the regular season. John Hollinger wrote uh, over at The Athletic wrote a paragraph about how there was no player on the Nuggets who made less of an impact during the regular season than Jeremy Grant. But come playoffs, it was huge. So to me, that's kind of how it sums up. In the regular season, I think Jermichael Green will be a fine replacement for him. He brings a little bit – and we'll talk more about him, like you said. I can't he brings a little bit more Green. offense <laughs> yeah. than, uh, than Jeremy Granted. He's a little bit more of a traditional uh, power forward. But come the playoffs, man, they're going to miss everything that Jeremy Grant brought to this team. I agree.
0: Uh, let's talk about player another player that Denver lost real quick while we're on this, which is Torrey Craig. Um, Mm -hmm. Corey Craig was tough because Denver did not intend to, from what I understand. This was a byproduct of losing Jeremy Grant. They – suddenly had no bigs. It was Nikola Jokic, Bull Bull and newly drafted Zeke Naji as their only bigs on the roster. So Denver had to pivot hard and that required them going to find a guy like Isaiah Hartenstein, who I also have a lot of thoughts on who we'll get to, who we'll get to in a little bit to find a way to bolster the front court. Cause they had absolutely no choice. They had to find a way to do so. But, in turn, to do that, to open the roster spots, they had to waive Keita Bates' job, who we can also mention here in a little bit, but Tori Craig was also uh, the byproduct of that cutting, and that is rough. Uh, mm-hmm. Tory Craig was not happy. He's not, like, he understands business, but he tweeted no love and all of those things, and from what I gathered, was very surprised by this news, and it was just a tough decision that Tim Connolly got stuck with, in my opinion. Is that kind of how you view it as well?
1: I think so, too. I mean, I think that everyone there loves... Tory, I think he's probably one of the there's most nobody beloved, who doesn't and, love
0: Tori. not as yeah small. he's the
1: most beloved player yeah. on that roster yeah. I think and you can see that on social media afterwards from I mean Michael Porter from Jamal from all these guys from Monte I mean yeah I, I don't think that the the Nuggets intended to I, I agree with you I don't think they wanted to and it was just that they had to like you said they had to pivot they had to figure out what they had to do. And it sucks because like I said before, there goes another one of your defensive guys. Like that's what Tory Craig was. He was mm-hmm. defense. He didn't produce much on offense, which was okay because they had Michael Porter to kind of balance out the offensive defensive sides of it. But I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a big loss for the nuggets to, to lose a guy who they could put in when they needed him to 15 minutes per game on some night and and know that he was going to produce energetic defense and just do what you needed him to do. And just the best teammate on the roster, man. Like, Yeah, was and a great nobody. person.
0: Yeah, like that's one thing that every, like it, people will look at this as biased among journalists, but it's not. Like there are people who are just good dudes who you will always want to report as that because they deserve to have their story told like anybody else. And Tori was that. There's a reason that there were so many stories written about him, even though he only played 14 minutes a night last season. It's because his impact on the team went so beyond his defensive impact and corner three-point shooting. Like the guy was so important to Michael Porter Jr.'s development and his bridge to learning how to be an NBA player. Like, Torrey Craig was instrumental in that. He was the guy when Monte Morris and him were the inaugural two-way contracts that figured it out together through that process to become NBA players using that route like mm-hmm. the way that he has actually helped bowl bull, bull. him and bowl bull, bull have been two of the tightest people off the court Bull bull is not necessarily an outgoing personality you have to make an effort to go try and learn about somebody like that losing a guy like that is going to hurt this nuggets team there's a reason everybody on the roster went straight to instagram to be like you're gonna be great man there's a reason immediately the milwaukee bucks were like you come in here like you know the, perfect for him yeah
1: and it's, it's a great it's a great pickup from him and from what I've talked to for people in Milwaukee it fits the exact they needed this defensive special yeah this specialty so I'm you know very excited for him that he will talk about like increased roles he will have a role cut out for him in Milwaukee because they have a bunch of offensive dudes and they needed a guy who could really anchor some defense and that's what they're gonna get
0: yeah and that's how i reported it they just didn't have roster spots that's what i was told by Mm -hmm. his camp is they just didn't have roster spots would have nothing else to do other than that specific thing um kata bates job is also gone the nuggets had to cut him to make room for isaiah hartenstein Um, i love kata i'm always gonna hope kata plays well i thought he was gonna fill a very nice role in denver it's unfortunate things broke this way but san antonio is perfect for kata bates job and i cannot wait to see what he's able to do in san antonio do you have any thoughts on kata before we move on
1: No, I mean, I think it was a, when, when he came to Denver, I think it was just an unfortunate thing of depth when it came to him, you know, he really never got a chance to prove or show anything in Denver. So I think probably a lot of your listeners are like, what's (laughs) even the deal with him? Like, we don't know anything about him. And I think it's a testament to how deep the Nuggets team is and was last season, but I mean he's, he's a good player he's, he's a good he's, player
0: he's gonna catch on in San Antonio I think but that's everybody Denver lost let's move on to the story that you wrote today so we can oh. live in chronological you. order <laughs> um, you wrote a story on Zeke Naji. you talked to Zeke Naji and had a great very illuminating conversation about how just smart and bright and like ready to work this kid is and I really feel like Zeke might push Isaiah Hartenstein might push Paul Millsap and actually it might carve out a few minutes for himself if he's panning out the way that Tim Connolly outlined in his draft presser that he did. So what was some takeaways you had from your conversation with Zeke?
1: This kid is a preparation, like, yeah. I don't even know what the right word. He OCD loved... psycho. yeah. Like, right. Oh my gosh. Like him and my OCD, I feel like would get along <laughs> so well. Like he I mean I remember this in my story, but just as an as an I feel like this anecdote kind of really shows his his preparationness and how much he likes to study and immerse himself is after just after he committed to Arizona two thousand fall of two thousand eighteen, it must have mm-hmm. been. Um his dad and his trainer flew down to Arizona and spoke with the strength and conditioning coach down there and got the Wildcats strength and conditioning like plan for that year so that he could do it on his own so that by the time he got to Arizona the next year for his freshman year he was ready to go he was already on the program he had already put on like 12 pounds he like he don't do that
0: That no never no
1: I told him I just said I was like I've never heard of anyone doing that before and he's like that is just who I am that's how he is he's a renowned pianist and I think that he really kind of marries the two crafts together of how you learn the piano is you practice a lot and you study a lot and I think he treats basketball the same way I also just think that his personality fits so well in Denver mm-hmm. he's a very non-assuming guy he's super low-key quiet but super friendly. Apparently he says hello to everyone he sees walking down the street. So I think it's going to be a really good fit. But that was my my biggest takeaway is just the work that this kid is going to do to put himself in the best situation to succeed. I mean, by the time he gets, he gets to Denver on Friday, he said, by the time training camp starts, I wouldn't be surprised if he has already started studying the playbook and started... And has been in
0: the gym with them. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I really like his fit long-term. I think people are mm -hmm. overlooking this as a... I think that when Tim Connolly said it was a best player available pick, I think in Tim Connolly's mind it might have been. Because Tim Connolly is unique in his player evaluation. Like, if you had a big board, Zeke Najee was not the best player available at 22 for the majority of people. It would not surprise me if Tim Connolly was like, listen, this guy is 6'11, 7'1 wingspan, is going to be shooting threes, is going to be blocking shots, can move on the perimeter, and that is a potential all star power forward in the future. Like, that's a really, really good pick. And when you add in the intangibles of his attitude, and the way he approaches things Michael Malone is going to fucking oh, love him he's <laughs>
1: gonna love him <laughs> he's, going to love he's gonna nerd him. out he's probably gonna be his new texting buddy yep. about like different yep. you know styles and preparation ways
0: he's gonna fit in beautifully here and I'm very excited to see what he can develop into if Tim Connolly's right and he's already hitting NBA threes he can play with or without Nikola Jokic um there's a like I said this earlier I can't remember who I was talking to but um I think he's more ready to help the Nuggets right now than both ball is. Wow. And that's kind of how I'm viewing him because he does have some skills that he brings to the table like his motor and his yeah. ability to be efficient around the rim. All of that is legit right now. And yeah. Denver needs it and the offensive rebounding.
1: Exactly. I agree and I also think just his if he continues to develop at the level that he seems to have been developing his year at Arizona the year before that. His assertion has been so high. He was very, no one really, he was very below the radar when he first got to Arizona and he ended up being freshman of the year and Mm -hmm. had one of the best seasons a freshman has ever had at that at that program which has produced a lot of good yeah. players so I think that continues like you said at the already at the level that he's at it, it could work also with comparisons to Bowl I think his game is a little bit more traditional oh, for sure. than Bowl Bull game and so I think that's going to lend its hand a little bit to having that immediate impact in the NBA or at least more immediate than than Bowl's.
0: I'm excited to talk about Bull. We're going to get to that as well in a yes. second. Um, let's finish off the draft real quick. RJ Hampton. I mm-hmm. love this pick. <laughs> I am great so pick. excited about this. Tim Connolly is a genius. He sent a 2023 first round pick that is lottery protected. If it doesn't convey that year, it's still lotto protected the next year. And then the next year after that, that is nothing. That is like free money for Tim Connolly to draft right now. And to get a guy like RJ Hampton who could literally be your future at shooting guard for just free money like that is incredible. Like, I don't think people realize he is one of the most athletic people and one of the best first steps you're going to find in basketball already. Like he is a Russell Westbrook-esque slasher when it when he refines his game. He has ways to go, but he has the athletic ability and the physical tool to do that. Six foot seven, near seven foot wingspan, freakish jumper off one and
1: two feet. I'm in. I'm and, so in. And like that's exactly what the Nuggets are missing in the wings yep. like that is that is something that the nuggets do not have and if this is where he's at when he's unrefined i mean
0: God. It's a good jumping off position to be at. If he becomes a passable three-point shooter, I'm talking Mm -hmm. like 34%. Like, I'm not talking (laughs) anything crazy here. Just the idea of him on the court with Jokic, Porter, and Jamal Murray. The spacing that exists around him. You run a DHO with him and Jokic him just screaming to the rim. He's going to obliterate people. It is going to be a poster show and I cannot wait. Like (laughs) The idea of him is so enticing for me. And also, he He's a much better passer than he's been given credit for. He hasn't gotten great at it yet because, again, he's still refining a lot of these decision-making and his handle and where he actually puts these passes and when he lets them go. All the fine-tuning nuance, which he's going to get in the next 18 months, when that gets there, he's going to be an impactful passer. And, man, the the potential of him (laughs) is just so exciting for me. And the defense – he is an awful, yes. just, like, atrocious defender right now. But very much so, like, Michael Porter Jr., mm-hmm. where I'm just, like, yelling tools from the, from the first day balcony <laughs> at Pepsi Center. Like, he has all of those things, too. The length, the athleticism to get into passing lanes, the size to be able to contain on the perimeter. He can rotate over and get into actual, like – shot-blocking position and rise up with bigs. Like, the, the ability that is potentially on the table is insane. And I am so excited that they could have a second young core mm-hmm. with Bull Bull, That's RJ Hampton, and Zeke Najee now, which is yeah.
1: insane. That's the thing. It's, it's kind of like – it's almost – This is maybe not a great analogy, but I'm going to go with it because it's what popped in my head. It's kind of like in hockey, you know, in hockey, how they have, you have your players on the bench or on the, on the, on the ice, and then you pull them out and you have a whole other group to put them back in. Yeah. The hockey shift. That's almost like what they have, except with just like, they have their own developmental team happening within their 15 man roster. I
0: just cannot wait to hear the stories that come out of practice. I cannot <laughs> wait to hear what that practice squad is doing to the nuggets. Cause it's going to be awesome. <laughs> and the other thing too, the nuggets had almost no turnaround time. Like mm-hmm. every single team that played in the bubble had like what 85 days of an off season. And on top of that, every other team had like 200 days. So right. the nuggets are not going to play Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic, Paul Millsap big minutes off the bat. We might mm-hmm. see these guys early season. That wouldn't surprise me at all, but I am in love with the RTS rj hampton pick i know the nuggets front office is a little divided on him because there's a lot of flaws that also exist but you cannot deny the potential of 24 he might be a top five player in this draft when it's all said and done Um, let's move on unless you had something else you wanted to say about rj hampton go for it um we'll lastly hit the last guy the nuggets got in the draft which is not really in the draft undrafted free agent marcus howard signs a two-way contract this dude might break the scoring record for the g league <laughs> in his goal season and he might also take the most threes in g league history but man i'm excited i know tim Connolly's excited too he loves his gunners like will barton nick young all those kinds of players like even eric green going back like a way too niche mm-hmm. he <laughs> loves his guys who are a little bit undersized for their position and Mm fill it up. And this is 100% that. Do you have any thoughts on Marcus Howard?
1: No, I mean, I just, I I think the Nuggets have done such a good job with their G League situation of not having a team but then outsourcing. And I think that kind of just as, I mean, just going along with everything you're saying about letting him just develop there and then the Nuggets, I think they have such a great track record. Yeah. that it, it'll be good results
0: there there might be something there i don't know we'll <laughs> see. but i'm also they're apparently gonna or reportedly going to sign a guy named greg whittington to a two-way i haven't done enough research on him i don't know if you have but i don't know much about greg whittington yet future podcast conversation yes greg whittington. <laughs> all right let's get into the free agency portion of this which is way more fun do you know much about facundo Campazo? i and like a th- I know you're bur- like you're
1: <laughs> bursting I'm just, like
0: <laughs> I don't think people realize how fun this is going to be this is not Milos Teodosic this is not Carlos Navarro Facundo Campazo is a top five most fun player in the world
1: if you ask our friend Dave DeFore <laughs> he is the number two most fun player to watch second Nicole
0: Jokic. Yep. That is probably my list as well. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie to you. Facundo Campazzo is incredible. Like the passing, it's he is a better passer than LaMelo Ball is, which is like really, really saying something. He might be a more creative passer than Nicola like wow. that like and again that doesn't mean he's a better passer nicola right. being seven feet tall <laughs> with a gigantic wingspan is it can throw passes that just you can't throw when you're 5'11 so it's not it's not what i'm saying but the creativity is probably more than nicola and i believe the shot will be there uh, others don't and the dude is competitive this is what guys miss he is emotional competitive like jamal murray is there was a fourth quarter of a game there was Eight seconds left. They were up by 10. And he steals the inbound pass and hits a three for no reason whatsoever and is running down the court flexing at 5'11 on people. Like, (laughs) the guy is a competitive lunatic. And I cannot wait to see what he can do. And now that Isaiah Hartenstein is here, which we're going to get to is next, is I think they're going to fit together in a weird, beautiful, revolution way. I cannot wait. I'm so excited about the (laughs) Jignino Capazzo. I have been waiting for this. I cannot tell I'm you.: just think like, I'm excited for, for you. <laughs> like this people, the, the nuggets are not, they're going to be funky. There's no denying this. Like, they're going to have 6'1 Monte Morris and five eleven Facundo Camposo in the backcourt. The Nuggets, right. by all, everything that I have heard, Harrison Wynn has reported the same, I believe Singer has as well, is that the Nuggets plan to play them together in the backcourt. And that is going to be weird. But man, they have two legitimately high-level creators alongside potentially Bull Bull. Will Barton will be out there. You might have Zeke Nagy in there. Isaiah Hartenstein. Like, this is going to be one of right. the most unique groups. And they're going to be fun. I'm in on Facundo Composo in Denver, despite how weird it's going to be. I'm, I'm so excited. Uh, did you have any thoughts on Facundo you wanted to add to my rant?
1: No, I'm just going <laughs> to let that stand on its own in all its glory.
0: Listen, when he's <laughs> when he when he filters into the starting lineup, with, like off the bench as like the first guy off the bench, and Nikola Jokic can run a two-man game with Jamal Murray on one side and then swing it to Facundo Campazzo to attack a bent <laughs> defense, it's just gonna be Sports center top ten highlights every single night, and I I just can't wait to watch it. Um, let's move on to Isaiah Hartenstein to hit on him real quick. Nuggets had to cut Keta to sign him because they needed a legitimate backup center. He's only played 480 like minutes in the NBA, but mm-hmm. people anybody you talk to around the league who has like spent time around him in the G League or has talked to people who are in like everything he played before getting to the league, this dude is good. Have you mm-hmm. have you like dug around at all on Isaiah yet?
1: I've done I've done a little bit and I mean it just it seems like he he's a good offensive minded big. He can he can score he can handle the ball he can pass Mm -hmm. it kind of feels like a similar Mason Plumley esque which isn't
0: way better touch shooting with
1: way better exactly which isn't which is a good yes good thing I mean Mason Plumley added a lot to this team so I think finding someone who has a better touch that fills some of the same things that he did
0: yeah
1: and I love Mason's good thing
0: dinosaur arms like he had the t-rex arms (laughs) Like Isaiah Hartenstein is is like seven foot with a seven one and a half wingspan. Like that dude mm-hmm. is long, and he can move well on the perimeter. He's a good rim roller. He's a really good offensive rebounder. Rebounds, yeah. and he's been working on stretching his shot out to three point range for a long time. He's never gotten a chance to play regular minutes before. Everyone that I have talked to that has like been interacting with him behind the scenes has said that this dude is going to be a good backup center in basketball, and the Nuggets are legitimately excited about him. I cannot wait to see how this fits as well I think this is going to be one of the most underrated signings I think you might see him really pop um I don't know for sure we're gonna have to wait and see because again he's only played like 480 minutes but there is an upside to this selection that I think has been underrated in the grand scheme of things uh anything else you wanted to hit on on Isaiah Hartenstein Okay, Paul Millsap and Bowl We'll hit the two players mm-hmm. the Nuggets brought back now. Uh, Paul Millsap's deal is perfect. Do you have anything mm-hmm. else to say about this? No. Not, the Nuggets <laughs> needed to bring him back. They got him at a good deal. Um, one thing I want to add is they can't trade him. Whenever you sign a player using their bird rights to a one-year deal, they have an effective no-trade clause. Just c- congratulations, CBA right. Jones. <laughs> um, I don't know if he'll start. Do you think he'll start over J. Michael Green?
1: So I was, I, I was going I was curious of what your your takes on this were because I was thinking about it beforehand and and eh, like it, it, like it, I'm at a point. I think it could go either way. I agree. For them, uh, I think oh, the factor
0: rains lo- just looms large here. Michael Malone is going to want to start Paul Millsap.
1: I was just about to say the same thing if Michael Malone. Like he is a trust system? I don't know trust systems or, but he trusts the guy that he knows. He knows Paul Millsap. He <laughs> yeah. trusts Paul Millsap. Paul Millsap hasn't really let him down before. Yes, he wasn't playing great at the end of last season. But Paul Millsap
0: cannot let down Michael Malone. Like, <laughs>
1: <that Paul> Millsap <laughs> He's can like do. the golden child. <laughs> yes,
0: it's like your son. There's nothing you can do at that point to turn him down.
1: So it's kind of like, I think with some of the shakeups that they had in their roster that they might not have foreseen heading into the offseason, it's kind of like, okay, why don't we hold steady where we know we're, we're the same. This has proven successful before. Why are we trying to make things so different and make it harder on ourselves when this is proven to be successful? Which, I, I don't start know. Start I'm not Jim saying Michael that's Green. the right thing yeah. to do. But I agree I, with you. I feel like that's Michael Malone's thought process.
0: I completely agree with you. I think it's the wrong decision. I would start Jermichael Green. I think that that should be like an end of conversation thing for me. Not because Palmo's was bad, but because of the upside that Jermichael Green has to the table. Like he mm-hmm. can really move his feet on the perimeter. He is a good shooter. He is tough. He rebounds his ass off, and he's more mobile than Paul is at this point. Like there's a level that he is just a better player right now, and that's mm-hmm. not just Paul. It's just that. Michael Green is that good. So that's one thing that just, we'll have to wait and see. I do think Michael Malone starts him, but I think it should be Jermichael Green. Um, Also happy Paul is back. Everybody now can be happy that dad is back. (laughs) Um, Bulbul. Bulbul is going to be converted to a full-time NBA deal. This is... Not surprising because from what I had heard, this was always the plan. Even going back to when he got the two-way last year, it was just to push it off until this year. So congratulations to the Nuggets for getting that done. Do you think he actually fills a role going forward for the Nuggets this season? Is he going to be in the rotation?
1: It's hard. I, I don't I don't think so. I, I think he's going to be kind of a floater at the end of the mm-hmm. bench, um, not in the rotation. I think he'll still get some minutes, definitely. But I think... First off, I think he's going to spend time playing forward and at center. I think you, so you already have your backup center, right? Of Isaiah, we just talked about. Okay, and then either Paul Millsap or Jermichael Green, okay, whoever doesn't start, that's going to be. So you already have your clear backups for power forward and center. You still have, you know, then you're going to get into the small forward conversation of Will Barton and Michael Porter Jr. And that, I mean, who's going to start there? We don't, that's a whole other conversation. But whoever doesn't start, you still have your automatic backup there. So it just doesn't seem like there is a clear fit for Bull Bull to have a clear second unit role I think so I think I think he's going to be kind of a we need this right now go in and do that this guy's injured go do that yeah. or this guy needs to rest like as you said at the you know at the start of the season a lot of their main guys aren't going to be playing as many minutes Bull we'll go and and fill in these minutes here and there so I don't think he's going to have a clear, defined role this year now.
0: I think that's the perfect take. I think that is exactly what is going to happen. But I'm also excited because if anything goes wrong with Will, which I don't know what the status mm-hmm. of Will's health is, all we mm-hmm. knew was there was a mysterious knee injury when he left the bubble, and I've heard nothing since. So we're all kind of in a waiting pattern to figure out Will's injury and health status. Anyway, if Will cannot play small forward, it's go or bull Bol. Bol. That's yeah. what the Nuggets are talking about. Like, I'm right. not kidding when I say that. Or you try and play Zeke Naji or Jamaica Green at the three, or you try and play PJ Dozier or RJ Hampton. Like
1: there like mm, no. Yeah, this is yeah. Not good. there's no clear answer. Yeah. There is a
0: very real chance Bull Bull logs real minutes at small forward this year. It's so funny because literally, like two years ago, Tim Connolly joked with me that Bull Bull might be a small forward, and now he is literally might be the backup small forward of the Denver Nuggets. But that is very much so on the table. Harrison Wynn was the first to report that the, that the Nuggets were looking at putting uh Bull Bull at small forward this year if they needed to, and that's going to be weird, man. I cannot wait for the weird, it's,
1: it, yeah. It's, it's going to be a weird year all around. I think, I mean, you saw him play small forward in the bubble, but clearly it's something that he can do. It's not, it's so funny because it's not as far fetched as it. Like when you say it, you just want to like slap you and be like, you know, nothing about basketball. (laughs) What are you talking about? Like you are like out of your mind and then you watch him play and you're like, okay, no, he is a small forward though. Just in a, seven foot three man's body but like he yes. is a small forward he breaks
0: the fundamental understanding of what basketball is supposed to be it is one of the most bizarre things to try and analyze what how bull bull fits into did literally anything basketball related but he will he's going dude. that dude's talented and and the denver nuggets have loved how he's been working out apparently like the work he's put in has apparently been very encouraging but you know it's the off season it's muscle watch season and everybody has hope to be amazing and there's all an awesome <laughs> star potential everywhere, but we'll <laughs> see. Um, that is everybody who has left and everybody who has, has come into Denver or been retained by the Nuggets. So this is where their roster stands. They currently have six guards on the roster. Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Monte Morris, Facundo Campazzo, PJ Dozier, and RJ Hampton. They also have six bigs on the roster. Nicole Jokic, Paul Millsap, Jamichael Green, Isaiah Hartenstein, Zeke Naji, and Bull Bull. That leaves them with three Wings, Michael Porter Jr., Will Barton III, and Vlaco Chanchar. When you look at the roster, what are some key takeaways or concerns or exciting prospects that you have when looking at it as a whole?
1: To me, it goes back to what we were talking about when we were talking about Jeremy Grant and Torrey Craig, which is just the defense. That, to me, is my – when I – my biggest concern when it comes to this roster, because this isn't a bad roster. It's a good group of players. It's a nice collection of talent for sure. They're going to be a good team. I have no doubt about that, but uh, my concern for them is they, they, they they have to switch their mindset from being this defensive juggernaut that they wanted to be that Michael Malone has, you know plastered them with and they need to get back to that offensive team that you know the george carl days of 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 offense almost and so
0: bad for michael Malone. (laughs)
1: sorry sorry michael (laughs) but it's i mean it's just i just don't they when you look when you someone earlier today tweeted out like the lakers potential starting lineup and it's like You know, you have LeBron James, Anthony Davis, KCP, Mark Gasol, and um, I forget it was one other person. But it's just like how, like, how do you slow that down? And then you get to their bench. It's like, how do you stop that? If If the Nuggets had a hard time stopping them last year, it's going to be even harder. So they need to figure out other ways to be successful other than relying on their defense. And that's kind of my biggest takeaway from this roster is they need to find other ways of beating teams than through defense.
0: I have two big takeaways. The first one I think is the most important to the Nuggets trajectory, which everything now hinges on Michael Porter Jr., he He is he he has been been thrown into the fire this is the time he has no other options it's sink or swim this is a nuggets team that wants to win a title full stop this is like that is the goal Porter now has to find a way to be the guy to defend the LeBron Jameses of the world. There is no one else to do it. Mm -hmm. You can put Jermichael Green on Anthony Davis, but you still have no one else for LeBron. Like you can put Jermichael Green on Kawhi Leonard or on Paul George. You still have to defend the other one. This is going to be a very realistic issue that the Nuggets have to face. Mm -hmm. And Michael Porter Jr. is going to be the biggest thing that this hinges on. If he doesn't pan out as an offensive player that is efficient and fits within their scheme he could blow up their offensive set if he doesn't dedicate himself to being a good defensive player they have no chance of being a good defensive team this is all on him (laughs) that is a terrifying spot to especially because they could have traded him there were so many teams who wanted michael porter jr there were so many denver could have made a deal with anybody that's the thing he was the most enticing asset out there if you don't believe that daryl Morey floated ben simmons that like he was the most enticing player so if you wanted to go out there and try and get brad or or, or, actually get drew holiday they could have done that in milwaukee like they didn't trade him. They lost Jeremy Grant and Torrey Craig, and now they are still trying to win a, t- a title this year. It's all on him. They have put all of their eggs into the Michael Porter Jr. basket now.
1: I mean, he he said last year he wanted the ball. So, I mean, he's he's getting it. I, I, it's, I, I hope in this instance, I hope that everything that he learned through this last year – really comes through, you know what I mean? And like, I'm not talking, and and, you know, obviously he's going to have a bigger role and he's going to have to take on that role. And I don't think he'll have any issue taking on a bigger role because that is what he wanted. No matter what he said, I know he accepted his role last year. He wanted more. Now he's getting it. However, I do hope that just some of like whatever he learned last year, there is some substance there that will help. Yes.
0: Michael Malone might end up be looking like a genius for the way he handled Michael Porter Jr.'s rookie year. There's a very realistic outcome. And that leads me very quickly into my second point. Mm -hmm. Michael Malone's ability to get the most out of this roster is going to say so much about his ability going forward for this Denver Nuggets team. He has to redirect everything he has been preaching and they can try and be a good defensive team, but you're not defending a chair with Facundo Capazzo and Monte Morris off the bench. They're just not big enough. It just is the reality that they are faced with and probably will Barton at three, which is also very small. Like that is not encouraging. Michael Malone has to find a way to alter this team to win games. And it's going to be offensively, in my opinion. I don't know how else you can. Is Michael Malone going to be willing to sacrifice all of his defensive ideals to put a winning team on the court plane, winning basketball in a new way? That is going to be so illuminating for the future of this Denver Nuggets team.
1: I mean, yeah. I mean, like, I completely agree with you. That was my, my big observation, too. And I think, but I think you harped on a really good point that I didn't make with. That does ride Mostly on Malone's ability to pivot and
0: and fast. again, training it. camp is in a week.
1: <laughs> yeah. like do you, yeah. I, I can't
0: even Think about the like what goes into changing your entire game plan from a Western conference finals run to then do it in a week before getting to training camp with a whole host of new players.
1: And I mean, I think that's why the nuggets are in such a challenging position because I mean, look, you look at a team like the Clippers, for example, who they got rid of some pieces, Montres Harrell, Jamichael Green, you know, they got rid of pieces that were important to them last season, but They don't have to take on a new identity. They're still the same Clippers team that they were with some of their pieces that were missing. But the Nuggets are confronted with this whole, we need to build a new system. And while we're trying to win a championship, and that's really a tricky thing to do.
0: The Nuggets love Michael Malone, and I want to start saying it this way, but if things go sideways this season and they are a first round out to a team like the Phoenix Suns or something like that, Mm -hmm. like if they lose the 4-5 matchup to a team like the Phoenix Suns in the first round and Michael Malone is one more year through his deal and there's less money to pay him out, that's scary. Because they just handed him a whole new set of cards in a game that he's never played before. Like that's a really, really tough proposition for him. And I hope that they give him the time that is needed to be able to completely refigure this Denver Nuggets team.
1: And it's, but it's a hard, it's a hard position to be in Mm
0: -hmm.
1: because they're in they're in that window. And so it's, what do you, what do you do? Do you take advantage of this window that you still think that you're in and get a new coach who can, coach this group of guys that you have in your window or do you say screw the window we know that this window is going to last more than a year if we can take this we already know that this group has a ton of potential we saw that last year maybe we won't win this year maybe we won't win next year but we're we have the group and it just needs some time to adjust and that's a hard thing to ask an ownership and a front office to to figure out and to decide in that moment
0: yep and again if if they get the internal improvement they hope for if like bull bull becomes a thing michael porter jr becomes a very helpful like 20 and 10 kind of guy then Mm -hmm. like all of these conversations could mean absolutely nothing like we could literally be pulling at straws here and all these options don't even have to be worried about there is that other side of this i just don't know how much i'm willing to bet on that other side right now their timeline got crunched their the volatility factor went way up and their overall complexion as a team is much more concerning than it was last week. And man, I don't know how Denver is going to be able to do this. It's going to be funky. Um, I think they will be okay in the play or in the regular season. If they are able to stay healthy, they should win games still. I'm not overly concerned about that, but there's a, there's a lot of teams that are now on the Western Conference that are scary. Mm-hmm. Matt Moore, when I had him on, he went down the list of teams and asked <laughs> me if I would take Denver in a playoff series over them, and it was startling. Like, would you take Denver in a playoff series over this Portland Trailblazers team now after everything that they did this offseason?
1: I don't know. <laughs> like, What exact, about the Phoenix Suns? No, exactly. I mean...
0: What about the Houston Rockets?
1: No, exactly, yeah.
0: It's, Golden State is going to be right there.
1: Every team in the West, maybe not every is a a hasty generalization. Most, Most teams in the West who were already competitive last year got better. Yeah. And the Nuggets took a step backwards. And that is a really scary position and tough position for them to be in knowing that
0: they better hope Jamal Murray and Nicole Jokic are ready to put this team on their back. They better hope that this is that next leap of becoming the guys that carry the franchise. Not the guys that are like, oh, we got our foundation. Like, you need to be the foundation now. And Jamal Murray more than anybody, because this is the other thing. They're losing a lot of their heartbeat. Um, mm-hmm. Paul Millsap is a very helpful guy in that regard, So, and Will Barton is as well, but losing Torrey Craig in that locker room is going to hurt. And Jeremy Grant was a great guy in that locker room. Jamal Murray's got a lot to pick up these pieces are going to be up to him to pick up as well that's my other takeaway and he's going to have to do it with six guards who deserve playing time on the roster and he's gonna to have to keep everybody together it's going to be a fascinating <laughs> season I cannot wait for it Kendra do you have anything else you wanted to say about this insane offseason that we've already been a part of
1: I'm just interested to see I mean it's not over yet so I'm interested to <laughs> thankfully see. the
0: roster is final is yes. at least
1: that I mean, part Trades over. might
0: happen but there's 15 two two ways
1: yes interested to see what continues to happen though as we as we inch closer to this december God. tip off oh boy well we got a week and we're gonna be <laughs> talking about training camp so here we go
0: kendra please plug everything that you do and your story again that you just had dropped this morning
1: yes yeah, so you can go find my story on zeke naji uh the denvers or the denvers the denver nuggets 22nd <laughs> the, the, 20 the washington football over. team <laughs> yes Goodness, I um, guess I'll go make more coffee. No, but you can go find that and all my work over at The Athletic. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, Kendra two underscores Andrews on Instagram, just one underscore, because <laughs> I am inconsistent that way. <laughs> um, and you can also on The Athletic find my podcast with the great Dave DeFore. Rainbow Skyline podcast.
0: I love, Dave. You do great work. Your story was awesome that came out Thank this you. morning. Thank you for sitting here and bullshitting with me and trying to figure out whatever Always. the hell that we just went through for this week. But, Kendra, I will talk to you later. Thanks again. every single day head to bet online today and take full advantage of the great signup bonuses and don't forget to use promo code bluewire at betonline.ag that's bluewire all one word bet online your online sportsbook experts Thank you all again for sticking around and helping me make this podcast is what it is. I can't do it without you guys, and it's been awesome to see the downloads just keep growing and growing and growing. There's going to be a lot more content. As I said, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you're going to have podcasts that come out at some point, and we're going to be keeping you up to date with everything that happens with the Denver Nuggets as we continue to go forward, emergency podcasts or whatever is needed to be able to keep up to date. I really appreciate everybody who's been a part of the show, and also another quick reminder – If you've been listening through Mile High Sports, make sure you go subscribe to this podcast elsewhere, wherever you listen to podcasts, whether it's Google Podcasts or Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Spotify. Go subscribe to it there instead because this this podcast no longer lives on milehighsports.com. But thank you guys so much for sticking around. Thank you for all being a part of this insane offseason. It's been a ton of fun. Make sure you go follow Kendra Andrews at Kendra, two underscores Andrews. Read her new piece on Zeke Najee, that is up on the athletic and keep following all the work that she does it's been a fun off season and we're just getting started with with uh training camp just a week away it's weird to even say but thank you again to indeed thank you to bet online go subscribe to american prodigy keep wearing a mask and we will talk to you guys later